Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the podcast that is known as Another Happy Pod, short for podcast. My name is Nathan, I'm joined by my good friend and groom-to-be, Lawrence Thomas Heisey. Am I your groom-to-be? Hello, sir. Uh, just keep it vague, no one needs to know. That's true. Hello, good sir, how are you doing? Like, it's like the Beatles' girlfriends, alright? You yeah. can't let the people know that the Beatles have girlfriends, because then the Beatles won't be as popular. I see, so, but you, you know the whole thing. You know they do because Yoko Ono is your close personal confidant and friend. So she does follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, she's a bit more than the Beatles girl. Maybe she's all of the Beatles girlfriends. Well, I mean, half of them are dead, and the other two have wives. So yeah, but Yoko Ono's on the side, and her husband is dead. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, she is. A, she is a widow. <laughs> Nathan, I have a question for you. Uh, no one cares, Lawrence. Why don't you tell us about this show first and what it is? This show, this Nathan, is where we come and we talk about movies, TVs, games, pop culture—the umbrella term that describes all the previous things that I have just listed—and we try and have a little good time while we do it. We don't always succeed, but we do have a jolly good time like, like you just said yeah did i say that Guess worse every week yeah i thought that one was quite smooth i thought i did a good job there because you said you said we we have a good time while doing it we don't always succeed but we do have a jolly good <laughs> oh, time. oh no whilst yeah I, I was two on a roll so, and i couldn't stop no it's terrible it gets worse every week like i said but sure that'll do maybe one day he'll get there maybe on his wedding day who knows, who knows? um lawrence you said you had a question for me is this another happy question no it wasn't that i was going to ask why you did a big dab after you did the intro oh is this a bit <laughs> it was gonna be and then you didn't go oh. with it oh that's a good bit Lawrence. oh it would have been if you hell. went with it get, get ready everyone i did a dab <laughs> that, what what a bit <laughs> write that one down in the books <laughs> nathan did a dab it's true he did uh right. i am gonna do this now another happy question if you're new here, what we do, uh, what I do is I ask Nathan a little question at the start of every episode. It could be a, a what would you do in this scenario? Uh, it could be a yes or a no, and it's normally vaguely related to the topic we're talking about. Today we are talking about Andor uh, Season 1. So the question I have for you, Nathan, is what one-time uh, appearance by a Star Wars character would you like to see get the Tony Gilroy treatment? Define the Tony Gilroy treatment. The Tony Gilroy treatment is a kind of a series looking at the very in depth of that character where not necessarily like an origin story could be at any point in the, this character's life but we want an in-depth character study 
that tells the life and the expanded life of everyone around that person. So in other words, who rocked up in a Star Wars project one time and you went, I'd love to know more about them, but you haven't got that information. Okay. <laughs> I can see I can see the cogs turning away in your head right now as you think. You have 40 minutes well, I to know, think. Yeah, no, but you say that, but I don't, because I also have to do a podcast <laughs> during that time. <laughs> and, and I can't really think about it whilst I'm doing it. It's true. Just give me a minute, all right? <laughs> Well, you can have 40 minutes, Nathan, because what we do, if you are new, uh, is we come back at the end of every episode and Nathan gives his little answer that he's had plenty of time to think about, but has instead been doing a podcast. Nathan, today is, I think, one of your favourite things to do. It's Black Friday on the day of release. It oh, is. it is Black Friday. Go out, everyone, get your deals. Happy Black Friday. Happy Thanksgiving Ooh. to those who celebrate, which was, of course, yesterday. <laughs> yes, so this... <laughs> Weird intro. So this is indeed a Star Wars show, and I am a fan of Star Wars. So I mean, guess that means I start us off. <laughs> so this is one that I think kind of flew under the radar for most people. Yeah. Um. If if you would have like, if you said to everyone, oh, in twenty twenty two, we're gonna get uh three major live action Star Wars shows. We're gonna get a Boba Fett TV show. We're gonna get an Obi Wan TV show. And then we're going to get a TV show about that guy who was in that movie um, uh, that isn't really in the main Star Wars timeline, yeah. but it's still like a Star Wars movie. Um, we're going to do a story about that guy. You'd have been like, ah, oh, well, those two sound great. Yeah. And I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see about the other one. Yeah. Um, I was always very intrigued. I'm always very intrigued with anything that um, comes up about Star Wars. But Andor in particular is uh we're fans of rogue one we spoke about it recently with ben yeah. it's a great movie with a lot to say and the character of cassian has always been very interesting to me one thing i really it, it's not explored in the movie but in the book adaptation of it it's it's said that he is originally a separatist like during the clone wars he was a separatist okay um and I thought that that's just fascinating to me that he is now on the Rebel Alliance, and I wanted to see kind of how that came about. Um, so yeah, very interesting character. This is something that I was looking forward to, and fucking hell, <laughs> this is—I don't even know how to describe it, man. This is just something that week to week it just blew my fucking mind yeah. with how good it is. Yeah, it's I. Don't like ranking Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I don't personally see the point in it. If you do, that's absolutely fine. People point out from whatever. I just don't necessarily like it. Star Wars isn't in competition with itself. You don't need to say this is better than that. This shit's all over that. Who cares? Whatever. It's all good. Kind of. Um, but this is up there. Yeah. This is like truly fucking gold standard stuff. Yeah. In my opinion. I think it's it's quite interesting because you're absolutely right. If you cast your mind back to, I think it was an Entertainment Weekly uh, cover that basically had um, had Pedro Pascal, Diego Luna. I think it had Ewan McGregor. May have even had Hayden Christensen. Maybe Rosario Dawson. Basically, all of the all of the big names in Star Wars coming up or have, that have passed and had their shows this week uh, this year. I remember seeing a tweet back then that said, "Imagine Diego Luna when he had to stand next to all of these people." And I was like, I remember at the time being like, that's disrespectful, but at the same time, I know where you're coming from. Like, it's Cassian Andor was the one that everyone was like, all right, sure, I'll, I'll watch an Andor show, I guess. But it, like, you're absolutely right, Star Wars isn't in competition with each other, but like, 
this this is mind blowing. Like the quality of this show is is unbelievable, and I was genuinely like, I don't like I. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people, maybe I, I want to get a, like a proper diehard Star Wars fan's opinion on this, because I've seen a lot of people have this take, and I don't know where I sit with it, that it feels like, and I quote, a proper TV show. What, what do you make of it? What's, what's a proper TV show? My, my understanding of it, it, it kind of is like, it's, it's aimed at a specific set of people, i.e. like, this, ha- this would have an age rating. I'm pretty sure it does have an age rating on Disney+, Plus, right? You, don't, you wouldn't show this to kids. Kids can't enjoy this. It's, it, it's probably, if you, put, if, you put, if you sat a kid down and made them watch all of this, they'd probably go, that was the most boring fucking thing I've ever watched. Yeah, probably. I don't think it's for... It's not made for kids. No. That's not to say kids can't watch it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything particularly in here that is... That kids can't see. There's... Sure, yeah. some people get point black killed and stuff, but that's pretty <laughs> there's a lot, the There's a lot of it. slow pans to dead eyes. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's, that's the worst of it. It's yeah. nothing too dark. It's, it's still Star Wars at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, it does lean more adult, I, more in the just the the story and the whole political intrigue of it. Really, is yeah. where the more adult stuff comes from, I guess. I don't know what the term a proper TV show means. Though. No, and I like I said, I, I, I these are just opinions that I've seen. I I think how I would make sense. I think saying a proper TV show makes you sound like a knob, right? I just yeah. because because who can tell what that is, right? It may yeah, it might be written to a higher caliber it might be like i i think it is arguably better than a lot of stuff star wars has put out recently but that doesn't mean i discredit the other star wars stuff as being pure shit because i've enjoyed 90 percent of it yeah um but i don't know i just think this is um this is an interesting take because i think it's like you say the political intrigue is all there in the show and it's the, the entire point and it's laced throughout all the writing in the series but then that was done in the prequels too the prequels are pretty much just politics the trilogy but I think that this still has a better grasp on... I don't know, can you see what I mean? It's different. Like, Star Wars has done politics, but it hasn't done politics this hard. Politics has always been a part of Star Wars since yeah. since the beginning. Um, politics was a lot more prevalent in the prequels, and it and it wasn't hidden. Like, in the in mm. the original trilogy, the politics was hidden. Yeah. It was behind the scenes. It, was, it wasn't in your face. The prequels were literally about the politics. <laughs> the, like courtroom so. scenes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, if you're new here and you're just joining us and you're new to this podcast, when we say politics, we're not talking about the annoying YouTube politics that a lot of people will be like, this show's too political. We're talking yeah. about actual politics. Now, this show is political, and that's good, yeah. actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the politics were a big part of the prequels, and I think that one of the criticisms you hear of the prequels a lot is, oh, it's too political. It's... Um, you know, the politics were just boring and stuff, which I disagree with. I think they're kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, maybe not presented in the best way, sure, I'll give you that. <laughs> but the actual the actual what the stuff that's actual there, the actual material is is very interesting. I think this is like say is just packaged in a, a better and more intriguing way because yeah. those scenes with Mon Mothma, like you have the scenes of her at the Imperial Senate, um and you can see her Giving fucking everything. She is giving it her all, trying to get her message across, trying to ask for the bare fucking minimum, yeah. the the scraps that she can collect, and you can just see the lights going off as people just... Yeah. They don't care. They've lost it. They're late for a dinner party. You know, they're off to some event or whatever. Mm. They're just... They don't have time for this. It's, it's not important. Who cares about her silly little crusader agenda? Whatever. 
And then you have the scenes of Mon Mothma again at the dinner parties where she is fighting for her life but in a different way yeah. in a much more cunning way and it's it's so intriguing to see the the Mon Mothma that she presents to to the world to the senate mm. and this you know this this fighter but then you have the real fighter yeah. emerging underneath that and the the strength of her actually comes she's not really doing much as an imperial senator probably she's actually doing a lot more as this sort of behind the scenes figure yeah um and it's just really interesting that's so like the, the the lights going out and while she's like you say kind of begging for the scraps just for the good of the people what what firstly it's important to kind of understand in in this series Mon Mothma's role is entirely a facade in the sense that her position is that of here's the illusion that you have a say in what we do. Yeah. She like she could win all the votes and the empire will still go we don't agree with it so no. It's so interesting to see the side characters in Star Wars because a lot of these people are are very happy to be ruled. They're very happy to be under, you know, the iron fist of the empire and they're very very happy because they're profiting. They're making money. They're living exactly. lavish lifestyles and forgetting about the people that are trodden on. They're prospering, so it's the everything that's happening in places like Ferrix yeah. and Kashyyyk and these, you know, these more remote systems, even their home systems, mm. which you know now they're living in Coruscant. Now they're sure they're representing these places, but they're here in Coruscant in the capital, where all that's not really an issue. Yeah, so really doesn't bother it, it doesn't them. touch them. They probably don't even know the full extent of what's going on, but you know. It, I think probably don't want to know. Yeah, what, what, what's that? What's that old saying of like you know, for evil to for evil to succeed, you know, you have to have good people as well as bad people turn a blind eye to stuff. And I feel I feel like that's a massive thing mm. in in this series particularly. Yeah. Um. Even even really with Cassian because I think he's got a he's got a great character journey throughout this uh, season, um, throughout the series, um, because he is. Very apathetic mm. in the beginning. Like he's he's not he's not a fighter. He was a fighter, but he kind of had that like beaten out of him. I guess he yeah. kind of had that nature taken away from him, and now he's just kind of in a position where he's he's just getting by. He owes a lot of people money. He'll do what he do to to scrape by. He'll do a job here and there, whatever that job may be. And even the you know the the fucking the Aldani heist, which is part of. The the very early rebellion cells. Mm. It's it's not the rebellion for him. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he's just there to get paid. He's like, damn, I've been promised really. a, a juicy bag from this, so yeah. off we go. I'm off, I'm off to space, Florida now. Like I don't care. <laughs> so <laughs> see you later, boys. Yeah. Um. But the, and then like by the end of the series, like you know, once he's out of the prison, he has that conversation with Melfi, like. This can't go on. Yeah, you know, fucking shit needs to get done about this. People need to know. Um, and it's it's like we were saying in the Rogue One episode. You know, there's that fucking amazing line um, between um, I think it's between Saw and and Jin where they're saying like, you know, the Empire's flag reigns over the galaxy. How can you stand to see it? And Jin says it's not a problem if you don't look up. Fucking amazing line. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and through a lot of this, Cassian is just he's not looking up. It's just not a problem for him. He's just, you know, heads down, getting on with his own stuff. But then it gets to a point where he can't afford to look down. Yeah. It's it's part of him now. And he, he realizes that shit needs to get done. That's that's one of my favorite things about this. Because, like, 
I was worried, right, because Cassian has an like such an amazing character arc in Rogue One as it is. But when you meet him, he's kind of no nonsense. Shoot first, ask questions later. It's either you or it's it's either him or me kind of mentality. And Jin Erso kind of encourages him to change that mentality. And over the time, he realizes that you know just operating within the gray areas of morality is not enough um, to to kind of be the leader that you're supposed to be. And I was really worried in this show that we were just kind of going to get the cool adventures of Cassian Andor, stagnant character, because his all his all of his growth already came in Rogue One. I was really really concerned about that. But one one thing I think this does mm. so well. They show us how he becomes the leader and how by the time that Rogue One rolls around, he's almost jaded from being that leader. And like both series completely acknowledge the fact that the weight of the Empire, you can't survive under it without either profiting off the lifestyle, completely losing yourself by turning a blind eye to it and just trying to get by or by doing something about it. You know, like it, it, like you say, he goes to Space Florida um, and he's literally like walking along the road when a big um what are those what are those units called shore trooper yeah when one of them oh, oh do you mean the, the k2 unit yeah x unit yeah so two two of them just come over <laughs> and shake him down and they're like what did you just fucking say and he's like i didn't i'm not doing anything i'm just a guy and they're like go to jail for six years and he's like i didn't do a fucking thing and it's like you say there comes a point and there will come a point for everyone in this that that just tries to get by and live life your life will be touched by this tyrannical fucking rule. It, it just will be. Whether it's just your quality of life goes down or it's, you know, you're just wrongfully sent to prison for no reason. One of my favourite characters in this show was uh, Kino. Kino Lee. Oh, Andy Serkis. Um, so good. Fucking, first of all, what a shock. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> You hear that rich tone, first of all, you're like, hold on, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I know that voice. <laughs> And then you see little Andy Serkis just <laughs> walking through with his grippers out, just being like, this is the day shift, um, with his incredible voice. Uh, you're like, oh, this is amazing, Andy Serkis is here. Yeah. Is this the secret origin of Snoke? No, it's obviously not. But <laughs> it's very good to have him here. Um, and his character, I think he fits into that as that whole thing we've just discussed as well very well because he's someone who is very much he's he's in prison but he's bought into the the prison system yeah he's bought into the just keep my head down i'll do my job i'll do my time then i get out and that's it i i don't need to get involved with everything that's going on i don't need to know what they're saying over there mm. i don't need to worry about any of that people die hey it happens i just need to get my team to build their little stuff and then I can eat my things at the end of the day, my porridge, straw, whatever the fuck it is. And then <laughs> yeah. we can... And then once my time is up, in about a year or so, I can get out. And then the moment that he learns that, that, you know, there's no getting out. And then the fucking amazing line where Cassian asks mm. him how many guards. It's something he's been asking him throughout the episode. And then he finally says no more than 12. Oh, I, I yeah. punched the. I, I was fist pumping. Yeah, it, mate. It's, yeah, I, I think I'll get I'll get back to Kino in a second. But firstly, that I just think that what a Star Wars has done atrocities before. Like we've seen in 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 Star Wars, we've seen several planets just be removed from existence. Right, we've seen lasers blow up fucking cities, planets, everything. We've seen people mercilessly slaughtered with by lightsaber by blaster. 
We've seen atrocities in Star Wars before, but it, there's something about how the prisoners... Um, it's, it's, it's haunting to think that they're just there until they're killed. And it's and it's the realization that everyone kind of knows, and no one's wants no one wants to admit it because that you're admitting I'm fucked. You know, it's a hard thing to face. Just pure, I'm going to die. Um, and I love how Kino in this is a kind of he's a metaphor for you. He finally opens his eyes and sees under the rule of the Empire, you do not get shit unless you fight for it. And I just think that's such a like. Bearing in mind that's that's kind of what's going on with Luthen as well. It's what Cassian kind of spends the whole show learning. It's just phenomenal. Like it's 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 so interesting, and the fact that he's a natural born leader because clearly he inspires these people to get their jobs done. Like you say, he's got the powerful booming voice. He spends most of his three episodes shouting at people to fall in line and and do what they need to do to 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 crack on with the job. And I just think. It's almost sad to see that character be such an incredible what what could potentially be such an incredible asset to the rebellion, just crushed and forced to use his talents of leadership to build parts of a fucking laser that will annihilate planets. Like it's it's there's something about that character, it's just magnetic to watch. Maybe that's Andy Circus his skill as a performer, or maybe it's just phenomenal writing, but one of the best characters I've seen. Definitely a mixture of both. He's Andy Serkis has is an incredible actor. He always has been. I think he doesn't often get the recognition that he deserves because often he's in like a mocap suit. Yeah, or, and people are like, oh, well, it's you know, it's it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's Caesar, it's Snoke, it's Gollum. I, I could see Gollum in his face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you well. can. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that looks like Gollum a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he is a, a phenomenal actor. Like so we talked about the Planet of the Apes movies, and him as Caesar is an amazing performance. I think, and it, I'm still, I still think it's a fucking a crime that he wasn't nominated for those performances because he he gives them their all, and and he gave this his all as well. He re- really is. Well, he's doing he's incredible. doing two jobs in the Planet of the Apes movie. One, he's giving a phenomenal performance that should be nominated in its own right, and secondly. He's doing the entire thing whilst pretending to be a fucking ape. Yeah. Like it just the, the level of talent is unreal. Mate, that's that scene where he's just staring up and he's delivering the the kind of the the rousing speech to get everyone to push back and fight their corners and you know the floor is yeah. cold you can take back the prison. Um that where, the scene where he the, the specific shot where he's staring down the lens and his like his eyes are wild and you can see in his eyes he knows he's probably about to die. Or at the very least, you know, he knows he's not going to get out of it because he knows where the prison is. Yeah. So like it, it's ah, oh, it just there, there are no words. I was watching that, that three arc, that three episode arc, um, some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, really is, and the absolute tragedy that he can't get out himself. Yeah. That he he doesn't make it just just for the simple fact that he can't swim. Yeah. It's it's heartbreaking. We don't know what happened to him. Um. But that's Did that's he... what's so interesting, I think. Like I think it's it is I, interesting. I, but I think I want it's him to be alive and safe. I, I'd love for him to be alive and safe, but it's a waste of the. I think it would to return to him unless they. I mean, under these writers, I think they could get away with anything that they do, and they're not going to make a stupid choice. But to bring him back and be like, you know, he's got now he's it's five years later and he's got a big beard and he's been captured and he's a prisoner of war for the empire or whatever. It's you don't need it, like. You don't need to see it. His impact 
is it does what it's supposed to do. The message is clear, and he's so phenomenal in this show. It'd be a shame to bring him back and do something else. I don't necessarily agree, but I, I feel like the more likely scenario is one or two things happened. One, he drowned, uh, <laughs> or or number two, he stayed and then got shot when reinforcements arrived. Oh, it's, I think he almost definitely got shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, if he came back, I'd be yeah. interested to see it, but in what logical world? <laughs> After they've all just made the Empire look like prats. Yeah. He's, he's dead, he's dead. I'll tell you what, what did you, we've just spoken about the kind of, um, what what was that prison called? Prison. I don't think it had a specific name. It had a big name. It was one of the. I thought you'd know that. You know all the little Star Wars names of things. <laughs> I could text you at any point, was, at any given day, and be like, Nathan, what's this ship? And you'd be like, That's the, that's the, 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 the Jifflejorp Seven Thousand. That's what that is. Great. Yeah. Okay. It, I don't think it has a name. The the planet has a name. It was like RK Five or something. Oh, was that not? Um, I thought that was might have been the name of the prison. No, I think that was a planet. Or maybe it was, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I it's a planet. I've only of... seen the show once. All right. <laughs> okay. No, Nathan, you should have rewatched every episode for this. Um, no, what, what, I'll tell you what, this is something I haven't seen before. Maybe other shows have done it, who knows? It's the first time I've experienced it. What did you make of the, you know, it, there are some instances where it doesn't fall in line with this, but it kind of had like a three episode mini arc structure. It did, what, yeah. what did you What did you think about that? I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Uh, it was something different. Uh, it was a different way of, of doing the you know the TV structure thing. Um, for me, it worked. I like the uh, the build up that we got with those two episodes because then it always led to something just really fucking incredible and, t- and intense yeah. and uh, dramatic in in that third episode. Because like uh, the Aldani heist is is great. Cause you've got two episodes. Of them, you know, stumbling around in the woods, practicing, and shit goes wrong. Uh, you've got a little Black Mirror nonce boy telling you about his <laughs> his manifesto and and everything he's planning. You're like, oh, mate, you're you're so fucking, you're so sweet, yeah. and pure, and just truly incredible. And I want to protect you with everything I have, and that's why it's gonna hurt me so much when you die, yeah, because you are gonna die yeah. because I can tell it right now. But my god, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> he, he pulled his he pulled his little book out. He went, "I'm writing a manifesto on the empire." I went, "That's the ending monologue." Then, Ch- yeah. cheers, fella, you're dead. <laughs> but it's... but also, it's that's another thing. It how he dies, it's so fucking needless. And the show just it it, is, the yeah. show is heartless in terms of they're dead. They'd be dead in real life, so they're dead in the show. Uh, there's no, yeah. there's no excuses. There's no like long drawn out deaths, or, yeah, or you know heroic, just like sacrifice moments or anything like that. It's just gone. Yeah. In, in, then... in case you don't know who Black Mirror Nonce Boy is, we're talking about Nemec, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Nemec. I just realised that's a very specific joke. <laughs> I, I feel like most people will get it. Uh, oh yeah, this was before Black Mirror got weird and. Well, I think this was on the cusp of Black Mirror becoming a bit weird. Yeah, it was. It was definitely on there. It got weird when it went to Netflix. I think this was the first Netflix season they did. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know the actor's name. He's in End of the Fucking World, which is another great show that he's great in. Um, yeah, it's a great show. Um, <laughs> so... it's a man who's seen it clearly. <laughs> do, do you not like it? Enough. No, I saw like three episodes. I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. Oh, fair enough. I don't know. Turned off. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the free act structure. I like it. It works. 
Uh, it works for me. Clearly, it doesn't work for some people because I've seen a lot of people being like, "This is boring." And I'm like, "Well, no, it's it's, it's just it's a different way." Of, if you find, think it is, then that's fine. It's you know, um, we're all entitled to our wrong opinions. But I, I, I just feel like it's a different way of doing storytelling. Um, yeah, and not everything needs to be action all the time. Yeah, and you know, political. Like I say, those scenes with Mon Mothma, where she's like just at a dinner party speaking undercover, to me those are more intriguing than just seeing two people throwing their fists at each other for ten minutes. I I want to the people that are like the talking is boring. I really want to like be in the same room as them as they watch any film that isn't like part of a franchise or like an action yeah. movie. I'm like, how do you consume consume such a grim word for like watching something? How do you watch yeah. and enjoy? Like a drama, how do you like? How do you do it? Because it's not all, you know. It, dramas are typically known as slow burns a lot of the time. Yeah. How do you do it? Like, I just don't know how you would watch something like this and be like, it's boring. It might not be for you, but it's phenomenally paced. It's so incredibly well written. I just don't get it. The Mandalorian is a show which is mostly uh, action heavy uh, f- for the most part yeah um, ha- has a lot of great action but one of well probably my favourite scene in all of the Mandalorian is the scene where um, it's Din um, Bill Burr and they're just at the table yeah. having the conversation with the Imperial officer yeah um, and it's just all very tense before you know Bill Burr shoots him and it all goes to shit yeah great scene because it's just talking It's it's just Intense, well-written dialogue, yeah. which can be way more thrilling than just action's great. I love action. Love seeing things go bang and explosions and people fighting and all that stuff. It's great. I love the set pieces, when- but to have just more, like I don't know, weight. I guess to it, it's yeah. is the well-written dialogue can truly. It's it's just good shit. Man. I I saw something and I I kind of really resonated with it. I saw something that was like um, I can't remember where I saw it. I think it must have been a tweet or something, and I can't remember who the who 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 penned such a tweet. <laughs> it was me. It was Nathan. It must have been. Um, was that Nathan Bauer underscore on Twitter at Nathan Bauer on Hive? <laughs> Be a part of my Hive. Will Hive last? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, what I do know is it's virtually unusable and doesn't load. <laughs> Leave them alone. I know. There's two guys working on it. Sorry they don't have $44 billion to ruin a website. <laughs> yeah, I said Look, I saw... <laughs> oh, good, what a top. <laughs> Someone had to, Nathan. Good on you. Finally, <laughs> someone's taken a stand. Uh, so I saw something that was like, um, a fine TV show will have a beginning, a middle, and an end throughout the whole series. A good TV show will... Each episode will have a, be- uh, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And for a phenomenal TV show... Every scene in every episode will have a good beginning, a middle, and an end. And I feel like a lot of the scenes in this, like, um, mm. and the, that the one that you mentioned about the um, with Bill Burr shooting the officer in the Mandalorian, that's a good example of it. Like, the scene has a purpose. You know what's coming. It ends, and then it launches them into a new scene. And I just think that approach to writing, especially some character work in this, is incredible. That scene with Luthen talking about talking to his his mole in the empire about what he's sacrificed yeah just fucking some great stuff some amazing yeah. stuff in that 
Stan Skarsgård is really good. He's a good cunt. Yes, he's, he is. Yeah, like he's he's a dick, and I know he's a dick, but he's a dick for the right reasons as well, though. Yeah, like he's a dick to get the right job done. Yeah, but he's still a dick. He says that line yeah. about like, and I, I I think one of my favorite lines in this. Um, I'll paraphrase it because I can't remember exactly the quote. It's something along the lines of "I use the tools of my enemy to um to hurt them" or something along those lines. But like, like he's yeah. absolutely right. He is doing some terrible fucking things. He's letting. I think it was 31 people just happily leading them to their slaughter like yeah. for the for just for the greater good and like and then just talking about it as if it's nothing and you can see in certain scenes where he does kind of break that wall you see it does deeply affect him and it's and it is interesting and him and Kino and everyone else they're dying they're all gonna die before they get to see this rebellion play out before they get to see the fruits of their labor essentially and it's it's sad. It speaks to the tragedy of it all, you know, because at the end of the day, spoiler alert in Star Wars, the good guys win pretty much in every major resolution um, that we've seen. But there are a lot of unsung heroes. <laughs> it's, you know, not all of them were able to stay on stay on the straight and narrow for the entire time. Not all of them made it to the medal ceremony on Yavin because there's a lot of people who, like Luke... Luke and Han would not be there getting their medals no. without so many people who are just dead and on the floor. Yeah, and basically just, they're they're yeah. crawling. That 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 slow walk and Yavin to get their medals may as well have been over the bodies of about a thousand people. <laughs> just yeah. over them to go. Cheers, guys. Got to get my piece of a. Got to get my piece. <laughs> so yeah. Um, what one, one thing I want to get your take on because I saw it. Um. I saw um, editing pal of mine, uh, Matt, from Mr. Sunday Movies as well. He he made an interesting point that said, Star Wars performances are at their best when they're, they're played by guys or girls that look like they do not belong in Star Wars. Right? For example, I can't remember. He said he gave a few examples about classic British actors. I don't know that well. Um, but the one that we both know, uh, Bill Burr. Not a guy that gives a shit about Star Wars, just someone that was yeah. there to get a bag and deliver an acting performance, and that's exactly what he did. And he was one of the most memorable characters in both season one and two. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll reframe it in terms of directors, right? Tony Gilroy does not give a leftward flying fuck about Star Wars. You don't need to make Star Wars your life, yeah, to make Star Wars. Like, uh, yeah, spoiler alert: Star Wars is my life. Um, I I never want to make Star Wars. Yeah. I never want to be in Star Wars. I don't want to be anywhere near it mm-hmm. because I'd fuck it up. I'm not good. Like I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing at all. Yeah. But also, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to make it. I, I think there's so... I think there's definitely an element of being too close to something as well. If you love something so deeply, you'll get excited at the chance to put your paws on it and to yeah. to do things with it. And I, what I want to ask you is. Do you think sometimes a bit of distance is a good thing? Yeah. Matt Smith is my favorite Doctor Who. He hadn't seen anything yeah. of Doctor Who before he started. He wasn't a fan of the show. He once he got the role, he watched like a few episodes to get a sense of what it was in the character and stuff. Um, but he hasn't. He wasn't like oh, I can't wait to take over the title. It's been a lifelong <laughs> dream of mine since I was twelve. On the opposite side, my second favorite Doctor Who. Peter Capaldi yeah. is like the world's biggest fan and he was a member of the fan club when he was like 12 years old <laughs> yeah. and all this sort of stuff so I don't know maybe he doesn't mean fuck all maybe, maybe <laughs> it doesn't mean anything but do you 
I, God, I wish there was a platform where we could talk about Doctor Who more deeply, don't you, Nathan? <laughs> hmm. Me too. Hmm. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Um, who knows? Um, no, but the, what? So what I was going to—I mean, you kind of already answered it. But what I was going to ask you is: Do you think that I'll, I'll say it in terms of this show? Do you think this show specifically benefited from someone writing it who doesn't give a shit about Star Wars? Um, maybe to quote Elijah Wood. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Nothing better than working in a viral TikTok trend <laughs> mid-podcast to get the listeners going. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Okay. I think that's a one of those things where people look at cause A and cause B and think, oh, cause B happens because of cause A, yeah. where in actual fact they're not really related. That's fair. Where it's just two separate things. I don't think it really matters. I think the more important thing is just having a good writer, really. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. Or a good actor, or a good director, or a good editor, whoever it is. I just think it's... It's getting the right people for the job. But I personally don't think that matters no. myself. That's fair. Are there any new characters to this that you like just loved? Other than kind of the ones we've already spoken about, because I think I think we'd both be slamming off his yeah. saying Andy Circus. Uh yeah, did absolutely love Kino. Um uh B two Emo it was a great addition. I love that little droid. Yeah. Um the entire last episode I had so much anxiety uh with the whole funeral. <laughs> I, oh my god, someone pick up the droid and run. Just yeah. get him out of there. Um, when that guy flipped that, him over, I was like, I hope you get shot so hard. No, no, but then he got fucking... He got punched like immediately after that. Not only did he get punched, he got whacked in the face yeah. with the fucking remains of um, his mum, with Cassian's mum as well. I, which is I loved incredible. that she was just... She became like... Her last line was like... She like posthumously told the Empire to go suck themselves... And then yeah. someone used her like ashes slash brick thing <laughs> to just twat a bunch of fucking stormtroopers. That was brilliant. Incredible. Amazing stuff. Um, <laughs> if I, when I die, Nathan, turn me into a brick and just use me to lump fascists, please. <laughs> I will. I'll turn you into a brick and just throw you through the window at 10 down the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, characters, new characters that I found, I'm not going to say love because I, I, I hate them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but they're also very interesting. Uh, first of all, Cyril Khan, mm-hmm. the weird little creep. Yeah, clearly he is, you know, an allegory or a metaphor for someone who has just completely fallen down the alt right pipeline. Yeah, you know, this is exactly the kind of person who, you know, typical young man. You know, mm. not necessarily what you would imagine when you think of like right-wing conservative and that sort of stuff yeah. but he is the kind of guy who would take a gun drive across several states and then shoot several people to in the name of protecting his country yeah or whatever he's a fucking moron yeah but he thinks he's doing the right thing and that's why he's terrifying and that's and really. yeah i think that's that he's a brilliant character because like you say he's you know when you see when you see incels in media Right. Yeah. You see that guy that shot the guy in the corner shop in The Boys. The one that was, yeah. you know, like you you see the neckbeard, long hair types. Sorry if you have a neckbeard and long hair, but you, you're typically what media thinks an incel is, right? I have long hair. No. I have a neckbeard, but I have long <laughs> hair. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Nathan. Um, what I loved about him is like from, from the first couple of scenes you see him in, you know, like he's he's... He's been so groomed by this way of life and this this yeah. set of ideals to the point where he's like tailored his uniform 
to fit him better so that he can look better whilst he crushes rebellions and like yeah. it's he takes a glee in it and it's clearly like it's 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 the quiet white boy meme you want to look out for like yeah. it, it, that's exactly what he is and he is terrifying because he's a walking red flag he's, yeah. he's the kind of guy that if you said a cab he'd have a full on <laughs> fucking mental breakdown <laughs> and he'd, he'd probably you, start crying <laughs> are you going to defund like, the police are you or well, who's going to come to you to your aid when 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 all these things happen you do, yeah. like whoa yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do is you want to call the police and then they can rape you wait no hang on I didn't mean that <laughs> yeah fucking um but also, like the scene where he 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 sort of becomes fucking infatuated with uh, is it Dedra? Yeah, Dedra, who the female ISB agent. Yeah, he sort of becomes infatuated with her, um, and the scene where he like he goes to her on Coruscant and he's like. He's just watching her, yeah. but then he like says like, oh, "I I can help you and all this sort of stuff." And you can see it on her face just how horrified she is. Yeah, that he's essentially been following her around. It's creepy. It's very unsettling. Yeah, and it and it makes you feel for Dedra, a character you shouldn't be feeling for. No, a terrible because, again, person. <laughs> because again, the show is very clever in the way that in the beginning you are rooting for Dedra. Mm. You're wanting her to succeed. You're wanting her to get ahead in this, you know, misogynistic realm that she's in. You're wanting her to earn her seat at the table and all this sort of stuff. But then when she does earn that seat, you're like, oh, uh, and now you're a fascist. Yeah. And you want to stomp your boots on the people of Ferrix. It's. It's a and... genius move in terms of the script because she's, like you say, she's there. She's being crushed by a male co-workers mm. who are so inadequate at their jobs. Yeah. Now, the good person in me wants to keep the inadequate people at the table because they're the ones that are going to kill less rebels than good people because <laughs> yeah. they're just stupid and they, they're not good at their jobs. But I want her to replace them at the table because I'm not sexist and I I think those guys are dickheads. <laughs> but then I then I remember when she's at the table, you're incredibly proficient at fucking killing people that I like. So don't maybe don't be at the table, but not in a sexist way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very clever. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's the you know again women voting against their own interests. There's, there's the, a whole lot of great political discussion woven throughout this uh, this show really. Um, and it is really well done. Her character was was very interesting. Another one who was really good, uh, Stalin Skarsgård mm. as Luthen. I uh, really enjoyed his character. Um, a scene in particular I've really enjoyed where he is kind of at his um, his antique store, I guess, um, with Mon Mothma, and they're they're talking. It's it's after the Aldani heist, and she's like, "Was it you? Is is did you do this and that sort of shit?" Um, and they're they're not talking as much in code. The the veil is lifted yeah. a little bit, um, and he's holding this like ancient antique weapon, um, like this big club. Yeah, which, I don't know what it is, but some ancient weapon, I guess. Um, and he's just talking about how like times come where you know this whole hiding behind the scenes doesn't work. You need to take action. Doing it this way is it's not proven effective. You need to strike and. And actually do something, and then he like offers her the 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 weapon as the gift, and he's like, "Do you want this for your husband?" Putting on the show once again, yeah. And then she just refuses it. She says, 
I think I'll look look somewhere else, look for something else. Such a well written scene. Yeah. What I did there does not do it justice at all. It's just a really, really good scene between those two, and again, just such good dialogue throughout yeah. the show. It's it's me. the subtlety of like passing her the weapon, her refusing yeah. the weapon, all of that is just it's good stuff. One one yeah. one of my favorite little moments in this, and like I say that. There are, this is what I'm talking about. If you sat a kid in front of this, they wouldn't know what the fuck's going on. And I think that people, people that would watch this half-assed, like you know, start, you know, or oh, this show's boring show, they're missing the incredibly like well-written moments and the attention to detail in the script. Where like Mon Mothma's saying, "There's people watching me. They keep replacing my aides and my and my my chauffeurs and stuff like that um, with these new people." And then like little moments where she's worried about. Um, her kind of allocating funds being discovered. Her big thing in this is that she's, you know, she's been essentially siphoning money from the empire to fund the rebellion, uh, and it's going to be revealed. And obviously, she'll be in a bunch of shit. Um, so she asks, uh, she asks the chauffeur to give them a bit of privacy, and she then accuses her husband of gambling. Uh, and I-, I was like, oh, maybe you know, it starts off as a very simple, oh, maybe he has been gambling. Maybe they're just having an argument. And then I'm like, yeah, oh, you're. You're setting him up. Yeah. You're framing him. Like fuck, this well, goes deep. Um, mm. And then, and then the added kick of that scene that shows the chauffeur really is a fucking imperial spy because he's just listening, even though he's been told to give them privacy. It's it's incredibly yeah. well done. And then he tells them to Doc Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Not Doc Brown from Back. I know who you mean. <laughs> British comedian Doc Brown, <laughs> and then he then he does his song about a cup of tea or something or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> um, we, uh, that, maybe that's what I mean. Random guy shouldn't be in Star Wars is in Star Wars. Maybe that's maybe he's one of them. I mean, yeah, I guess, but like, but then there's also people who should be in Star Wars who are great as well. So I know <laughs> it's not always a rule. <laughs> it's not a rule at all. I would say. Um, Mon Mothma, again, Mon Mothma's story, we've talked about her a little bit, and we know the character. But, again, this is stuff we didn't know about her. We're seeing, first of all, she has a family. Like, okay. Oh, cool. (laughs) Cool, you've got a husband, you've got a kid, you've got a sister who's in Doctor Who. Um, So, great. Uh, That's my talent, by the way. It (laughs) is, yeah. Seeing actors who are in Doctor Who. She was also in Game of Thrones. I love it when a show... She was in Game of Thrones. I love it when a show... Halfway through the season, does that? You know these two characters, but did you know they were related? I love, I love it when a show does that, and I'm like, oh, it reframes yeah. things. It's always a great moment. Yeah, um, but I, I do particularly like that. Like her daughter is rebelling against her rebelling. Yeah, like she's, she's like, oh well, you, you're, you're just a good person. Fuck you. I'm going to embrace these weird Chandrillan customs that we yeah. have and everything. I'm going to get married at 15. Like, f- fuck you. I don't care. I'm going to get married right. to a big greasy nerd. That's who I'm going to get married <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. But I like that it comes down to Mon Mothma. You know, when we see her in... Re- we don't see much of her in Return of the Jedi and, and Rogue One, but she's alone. You know, she... Mm. You could, she, we've never known that she's had a. Maybe it's been mentioned in some weird book or comic or something, but we've it's never been explicit part of her character that she's had a family until now. So it makes you think: Is she going to like basically say, "Well, this has to go for me to do what I need to do"? Yeah. Or if I, if I have to essentially destroy my family for the good of the galaxy, then yeah. 
it, it then, seems like that's that's unfortunately what is going to happen. Because she already I've has it. I'm picturing oh, her. Do your terrible little joke. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just picturing. I can I'm... see you getting ready to tell your silly little joke. While I was talking, that smile on your face was growing. So no, please let's let's hear this silly little it's, joke. That it's was not so a joke. It's more of more of a scenario that I find amusing because she okay. she'll have, by the end of this. You know, there's a there's a season two that's that's coming. I don't know what will happen in that, but let's say on the on the on the impression that she is completely alone in Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, all of that. Right. Yes. Let's say that her sister, you know, maybe her sister's dead. Maybe her daughter doesn't speak to her maybe her husband's dead or, or framed for you know fucking reallocation of imperial funds she's she's sacrificed everything lost every personal connection but it's time for her to put a medal on two gimps that have been there for five minutes <laughs> for doing one space battle to be fair she doesn't oh she, she's what, not who, there who puts the medal on him leia Le- is mon it Mothma's, leia yeah mom mothma's not in a new hope she's only in return of the jedi Shut up! Really? Yeah. Firstly, that renders my whole joke null. <laughs> yeah. But secondly, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm, there's time to be humiliated about my poor joke <laughs> later. Now I'm thinking, what, what was she not in Rogue One? And not a fucking she was a New in, Hope. She's in. She's in Rogue One. Yeah, she's not in a New Hope at all. Maybe the first I'm just... time she appears is in Return of the Jedi. Fuck. Maybe I'm just thinking that she's in a New Hope. Maybe it's like a revisionist memory because I saw Rogue One. I think it is. Yeah. Fuck. yeah. She's not in she's not in a new hope at all. Wow. She's in the deleted scenes of Revenge of the Sith. Yep. She's in Rogue One. She's in Andor. She's in Clone Wars. She's in Rebels. She's in um Return of the Jedi. So she she's clocked in now more official appearances as Mon Mothma than the original did. Oh, Genevieve O'Reilly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, interesting. She only had she only had one, the original, didn't she? Fuck. There we go. You learn something new every day. So this is what I mean. You know about all this Star Wars stuff. <laughs> I mean, that was. That's, I know that's that was. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to make myself. That's just you being a dickhead. <laughs> Fine. Anyway, I'm glad you interrupted me for that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was some really good stuff. Um, yeah. I tell you what. I've known about the concept of tractor beams since I was young. Yes. Never have I thought. If you're pulling me in, then you may as well have this bomb and all. <laughs> yeah. It's a brilliant fucking tactic. It's good. I yeah. love I love how like he you're watching him dead eyed be like looking at these TIE fighters or looking at this this Imperial ship that's chasing him down and he's like staring at them with such hate and disgust and then he flicks on his like comms thing and he's like, Oh yep, yeah, cheers for letting me know guys, I'll be on my way. Thanks guys. <laughs> yeah. I love how it's like it's almost boring to him as yeah. well. It's just very matter of fact. It's like, all right, I'll do this next, and then I'll I'll do this. And yeah, then I'll turn on my ship's lightsabers and just spin move and everything. <laughs> and he's like, it's yeah. it's it's taken him a while to like do everything, and he like flicks on things like, sorry guys, just a one man ship here, got to do all this myself. And then he flips it back off, and he's like, right, let's kill these fucking nerds. <laughs> one thing we can always be sure of, no matter what, Star Wars has always taught us. That spinning is always a good trick. Okay, <laughs> always remember good. that. Very, spinning very good. It's always a good trick. Uh, is there anything else, or anyone else, or anything else you would like to mention? Uh, I don't think so. Just that I would love to see. Like I know we're getting a season two of this, but I'd love to see. 
One more season, baby. One more season, indeed. I would love to see... season show, and then it's done. Season two will apparently be set over the course of five years between after this and where we find Cassian in Rogue One. Very interesting. Okay. A little sizzle. (laughs) I wonder how far will Luthen's hair recede at this point. Will he get an even bigger wig to cover it? Will Saw Gerrera be even more paranoid? Yeah, yeah, he'll have to be, won't he? Will two tubes show up and say nothing once again? <laughs> yes. One can only hope. I I would love to see... Um, maybe you won't agree with this. Um, I would love to see more of this from Star Wars. And that's not to say that I don't like... You know, like the recent stuff that's come out, I've enjoyed. I, I, was, a, I was a fan of Kenobi. Uh, I, I was kind of on the fence about Book of Boba Fett. Um I liked I like Mandalorian. I like Mandalorian season two, um, but I I think there's definitely a place for the more kind of interesting exploration of themes in Star Wars, more adult stuff, stuff that you can't put a kid in front of and for them to be entertained. Um, and I don't mean that like you know it's a boring thing to be like I want it to be dark and gritty because this is not dark and gritty, but it's just more no. mature. And I think there's a place to see those themes explored um, and a whole bunch of characters that you can do it from. Um, but yeah, I just I'd like to see more of this. I think it's good stuff. No, I, I would agree. Actually, I'm all for seeing something different and interesting in Star Wars. If you give me anything um, explicitly political in Star Wars, I really up. I I find it fascinating. Yeah, um, just to see like the ins and outs of the. I I would have watched a full hour long episode of Mon Mothma. In the Imperial Senate, mm. just like like fucking Prime Minister's questions, just fucking <laughs> PMQs with see, Mon Mothma, exa- just PMQs with Mon Mothma. I'm assuming Palpatine does not go to the Imperial Senate because why would he? Nah. Um, I'm assuming he'll send some representative, but I'd love to see how that works. Do people mouth off at them, or does he just have them killed straight? Up? I don't know. But I'd love to see how that works. He, he wouldn't go there because he's got. Last time he was there, Yoda was fucking frisbee in them at his head when he <laughs> little yeah. seats. Um, he'd, he'd, he'd probably send like I don't know, fucking Masamida or Tarkin or someone. Yeah, or me, or me. Um, I yeah, and I, when, when when there's always room for like more uh, political angles to be explored in Star Wars, but that doesn't always have to be Empire stuff as well. Like, no. there's a whole bunch of like politics going on in the era of the Jedi uh, when they were at like the peak of their physical power. There's stuff outside of what we've already seen. I know you you have the, a fondness the, for like the Republic stuff. The the politics in the Clone Wars again is fascinating. Yeah, it's really interesting. There's a great episode. Uh, called Heroes on Both Sides, which starts from a line in the opening crawl of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, oh, I I went. remember. I had to do an extensive, irritating animation because Mason referenced it in a caravan of garbage once. I okay. And I, that, that, I know that line very well. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there's a great, a great episode in the Clone Wars, which like it focuses on the on the separatists side of stuff and why they actually broke away from the Republic and you know they're not all just Newt Gunray and his weird army of droids they are people with legitimate concerns and you know and stuff that the Republic was doing wrong and like you're just not caring about us all even fucking recently um, Tales of the Jedi which just came out had a great episode 
about uh, a senator who was just not caring about his planet at all. He just let it go to shit mm. because, like we said, he was doing well in Coruscant. He was prospering whilst his planet was going to shit. Um, really intriguing stuff, uh, which Star Wars always does well, so I'm always down to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, that was everything. So, um, Nathan, at the start of this, if you've tuned in um, halfway through, if you've skipped to the end for some bizarre reason, what I do is I ask Nathan a question, typically pertaining to whatever we're talking about. It could be a hypothetical, could be a would you rather do this, that, whatever. Uh, today, I asked him... Uh, what one-time appearance Star Wars character would you like to see get the Tony Gilroy treatment, which I elaborated meant basically a character that we have met, but we don't know too much about, uh, and who who is it, and what would you kind of... I didn't ask you what you'd like to see from them, but who do you want to see expanded on? I have two answers. Ooh. One is a serious one, and one is a joke answer. <laughs> is one Yaddle? Um, no, no. Yaddle, we actually got a lot more on, and already and a very interesting character oh it's Bryce Dallas Howard voicing Yaddle right she did yes Does it, and didn't, did. I read that they maybe they confirmed that Yoda's just a freak that talks like that well uh, I think it was I think Dave Filoni or maybe someone else who did Tales of Jedi I don't know if it was Dave Filoni but let's just say Dave Filoni <laughs> Dave Filoni said um, in his um, like I think he spoke to like Frank Oz and Frank Oz mentioned that he always thought Yoda spoke that way because his master did, and he learned right. it from him. It's not a species-specific thing. I see. It's just something that Yoda... <laughs> just a little quirk he has, really. Dave Filoni went, am I fuck writing all that dialogue for Yaddle <laughs> like that? Not happening. It was a thing that Yoda did. Yoda's a little weirdo. <laughs> I like that. That's cool. But yeah, so it's not Yaddle. Who is it? It's not uh, so. My joke answer is Claude. Um, okay. For those who who don't know, I can't remember. That is the little, uh, not little. It's quite big actually. The big yellow slug in the Rise of Skywalker. He's uh, he's he's a mechanic somehow, and he's on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very impractical job for for a, for a, a being of his shape. Lawrence, you're being space racist. I know right I am. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so give me a twelve episode series on Claude. Is he the homophobic um, slug that people call he's him? Not homo- yes, he's not homophobic. He's people <laughs> are putting together two clips which are not <laughs> cut that way in the movie, but there's a funny meme where there's the um the cut for China lesbian kiss in Star Wars. Yes, yeah, Disney's where... first openly gay character. Yes. I don't like that joke by the way. Oh why? Um because because it's not real. Because people... Oh, I hate getting into this shit. Alright. Because people always say, Oh yeah, they promoted it as Disney's first openly gay character. But Disney have never promoted it as Disney's first openly... No one at Disney has ever been like... Oh, in Avengers Endgame, I tell you what, guys, we're gonna have the first openly gay Marvel character. <laughs> Everyone, get excited, get ready for the first openly gay. It's character. Joe Russo. It's Joe fucking Russo. <laughs> all right, no one's promoting it like that. Someone offhandedly in an interview one time said, "Oh yeah, we got a character who's gay," um, and then that it was sensationalized in a headline and that's how we get to this mess yeah. it's never them and I fucking hate defending Disney because <laughs> they shouldn't be defended <laughs> call them out for the right things and not this okay 
Anyway, sorry. So you've got you've got Claude the homophobic slug. So I've got Claude the homophobic slug as my joke answer. Um, my my serious answer is Count Dooku. Okay. Um, specifically, a younger Count Dooku still within the Jedi Order. Is that correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen it? Is that not explored in Tales of the Jedi? Yes, it is, but I'd like to see it explored more in depth. I see. The Tony Gilroy treatment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's fair. I did say that. Uh, thank you for listening, if you got this far. Oh, and by the way, a special thanks to everyone. Doctor Who. Happy Doctor Who Day. Happy Doctor Who Day. For special for... thanks to Doctor Who. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Doctor Who. Thanks, Doctor Who. You're great at being Doctor Who. But a, a special thanks to everyone who still showed up and still listened all the way through to, for some reason, Did our Brian and Charles episode. Yeah. What a shit show. It was mostly just us talking. I mean, maybe you'd love to hear us chat. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, no, on a, on, a, on a serious note, that was a terrible podcast, so thank you for listening checked, to it. I haven't checked the numbers or not. <laughs> thank you for getting your rustly crisps out mid for the love of fucking God. That's the outro. I'm not cutting any of this. It's staying in. You're folding them as well. You couldn't have just left them be. I'm putting them away. All right, fine. I respect you. You can't let the air go to your crisps. Exactly, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'm get stale. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'll, I'll respect it. Um, but yeah, thanks for showing up to that. Thanks for listening to this all the way through. If you like these episodes, they go live Fridays at 10 a.m. Uh, you can give us a little follow on social media, at Another Happy Pod. We are on uh, Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on TikTok, where Nathan is throwing it back. Um, <laughs> what a great joke we're maybe on Hive probably not though currently we're not on Hive did you do Did you do what I did when I went when I joined Hive I immediately searched for a number of corporations to try and steal their handles in, <laughs> in the hope that they would send me a message saying here's a billion dollars can we have at Amazon UK please <laughs> I think they'd most likely just be like here's a copyright infringement notice yeah probably uh, delete your account or we'll sue you for everything you're worth <laughs> it's true they, they <laughs> yeah. probably would but you, you know you, you never know if, look yeah. I could take 50 handles that means I've got 50 chances for someone to be like here's a grand I'll take I'll take 500 quid for, it's, a, it's a free handle the trouble with what's going on in the moment is in order like ev- everyone's looking for the next Twitter because Twitter's dying yeah uh, because it's run by a madman um, <laughs> um. So that we're all looking for the next next thing. The problem is we don't know what that's going to be yet. No. So like every week there's a new thing. Yeah. Okay. Like the week before this, it was Mastodon, um, and now it's Hive. I missed and the, the problem Mastodon is, I uh, well, you see, you got to get in early. <laughs> the problem is you got to. Like you gotta get in early because all the good usernames will be gone, mm. and like you don't want to be stuck with like Nathan sixty two twenty nine eighty seven forty six or what you like. I I was like, oh hi, I'm getting on this early. Maybe I can just get at Nathan. Um, I couldn't. It was gone. So I settled for at Nathan Bauer. Yeah, which is good. That's the Twitter handle I want. Um, and I don't currently have. But yeah. I, all this is bullshit. You can cut all this. <laughs> No one cares. <laughs> That's true. No one does care, but we were just... No like our Brian and Charles podcast, we were just having a nice chat. Um, but it is true, you have to get in early. Uh, I, I secured my name, which is good, because you actually can't put an underscore in on Hive. Can you not? No, because oh. my one everywhere is Lawrence underscore High C. And I was like, I'll just keep it the same. And then it was like, no. And I went, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. 
So I was just happy to, yeah, whatever. This is all bullshit. Uh, it is. No one cares. You can give us a review if you like. Uh, thanks to everyone that has reviewed review us. Review us on Hive. Review us on Hive. No, I don't think. Just I... write out, just write out a Hive or whatever you call it, and then just say, <laughs> "Hey, another happy pod is pretty good," and then we'll never see it. Yeah, we'll never see it because it won't load. Uh, there's only two of them, Nathan. Lauren, respect. Stop being mean to the Hive guys. <laughs> Sorry, the Hive guys. Uh, you're you're really showing your preference for billion dollar corporations right now <laughs> no, no I'm not I'm you're not. really showing how you only care about something if it's convenient for you oh yeah go on and Show uh, how so... the ethics are out the window <laughs> so, as soon as it's so a by this argument Nathan I would like to see your app usage time for Twitter and Hive compared well I've had Twitter a lot longer <laughs> than Hive haven't I it's true and I don't have my screen time turned on because I don't need to know. I don't care. That's I true. know I'm on TikTok 12 hours a day. Why do I need <laughs> yeah, to yeah, have yeah. that? I'm, I'm having a good time. I already know. <laughs> uh, right. Next week, we're going to be doing this. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. I just said that, Drax. With your voice is small and mousy, I think maybe he didn't hear you. What a festive time for all. Let me know what you're up to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send us off now with Taylor Swift's new song. Oh. Uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's that one that's like, Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Here we go. We'll see you later. It's me. <laughs>